0: Hello there, this is Ryan and Victoria Cole. Welcome to Needed Conversations. We've been talking all summer about love and marriage. And uh, last week we started what we like to call spicy sessions or spicy conversations. Because we're talking all things sex. Now that's a bit of a disclaimer. Um, If you have some kids around or some, uh, I don't know, anybody who this may offend, because we are going to be talking about some really explicit things today this podcast is for those who are married and dating maybe you're engaged getting ready for marriage if you are a single person and you think that these conversations are going to uh, trigger you in some way um cause you to think bad thoughts or places that your mind shouldn't go right now i respect that uh you wouldn't listen to this at this particular time but these conversations are are spicy right
1: yeah for sure but it's much needed conversations just like this podcast is um what we're seeing is a lot of people just not really talking through this whole process and journey and i think whenever they either step into dating or marriage there's a lot of complications because there's a lot of no knowledge that has been given prior to or people have not listened to something like this, which is an incredible podcast. Um, So just to kind of break it down, last week we started um, uh, this uh, series, Spicy Conversations, and we called it spicy because we kind of gave each letter a word so that you guys can remember. So today we're going to talk about the letter S, but I'm just going to run through it. So just to remind those who may not have listened to last week's episode. And if you have not, make sure you re-listen to it after you finish this episode.
0: Yeah, this is God's design and purpose for marriage. Yes. And we put it in this acronym to help you remember. So
1: so S is for satisfaction. Uh, P is for procreation, partnership, and prophetic activation. I is for intimacy. And uh, C is for comfort and why is for yielding and yearning.
0: And we definitely suggest you go back and watch last week's episode or listen um, and comment. Let us know what you think about this conversation in particular. And hey, if you want more information about our marriage ministry and to stay connected, get marriage inspiration updates. And we've got a special announcement that you wanna be the first to find out about resources that we're releasing um, to those who are already married. Text the word marriage to 864-428-7131. 864-428-7131. Text us anytime. Yes. That's right. So today we're talking about satisfaction because God created sex and he created it to be good, pleasurable. This should be um, very exciting in your marriage. It shouldn't be something that you... Um, what's the word I'm looking dread. for? Dread. Right. And there's many reasons mm-hmm. why a person would dread sex if they really haven't tapped into their pleasure, um, pleasure points or, <laughs> okay. You <laughs> right. sound like the
1: episode of Friends. <laughs>
0: Seven. We're trying to avoid, uh, some words, but I guess we could just <laughs> talk about it. Um, yeah. Uh, But yeah, especially if you haven't explored your places of pleasure and also if you've had some trauma in your life that has been unaddressed, Mm -hmm. that could definitely make you believe that sex isn't supposed to be pleasurable, but it is. God created sex and really the Bible talks a lot about it. It talks a lot about a lot of, uh, of the bad things that happen. Um, incest, rape, abuse, um, how sex becomes a weapon. I mean, you have someone like Delilah in the Old Testament. You have all kinds of stories of sexual abuse from both males to females and females to males. People don't often talk about that. And so we're going to be talking about some of these myths that we um, think about when We think of sex being pleasurable, Mm -hmm. and we're going to also confront um, some of the toxic uh, ideas and beliefs that have come out of purity culture, Mm -hmm. which we are advocates for abstinence 100%. Mm -hmm. But I believe that the purity culture that emerged from the evangelical movement was rooted in something different Mm -hmm. um, and really... Made us uh, fearful of sex, right? Because maybe they
1: were trying to put a fear of God in you, so you would completely steer away from it at a very young <laughs> age. But um, it's absolutely necessary that we have conversations, even like in a younger, you know, age. And we know, even in our society right now, that that's even more important because children as young as elementary know about this kind of stuff. Now we are not parents; we can't, you know, figure out what your child is ready for. But I think if you just have to be. Wise watchful and make sure that you're the one who's giving uh, your children the right idea of what sex is about and you may have grown up in a household that didn't talk about sex my in my house we didn't talk about that at all like anything you know feminine or anything like male I think maybe dad my dad had some like subliminal conversations with the guys but my mom was like so uh how how would you call it like she was so
0: conservative shy and conservative
1: about it that the only way that I've heard maybe bits and pieces was maybe through my sister. Um, and then, of course, the danger in that is being surrounded, you know, going out in the world and hearing snips, it, you know, little bits and here and there and kind of trying to piece it together and creating an image in your mind, which can be distorted. And that's the plan of the enemy.
0: Yeah, but the Bible talks very explicitly about sex. One of the main books where you find a lot of explicit material is the book of Song of Solomon. Or Song of Songs, in some translations, it's titled, and there are some spicy um, parables, if you would call it, some poetic language that talks about everything from mutual uh, satisfaction, a desire for woman one another, passion, oral sex, um, exploratory, you know acts with one another. I don't know how to describe it, but it it covers pretty much everything from all of the parts of the body (laughs) and um, this parable of this man and woman who are so deeply in love with one another um, and they long to be with one another. And so if you want to understand how passionate sex can be, just crack open that book and and read a few of those scriptures, and that'll probably light your fire very quick mm-hmm. and set you free in a lot of ways to say, man, I thought this was off limits but but it isn't, or you know maybe we have been looking at sex in the wrong way, and for a lot of females uh, maybe thinking that sex is something you do for your husband and it's a role that you play. I know there's a lot of. Um, women who believe that because it's been passed down to them by their mothers because their mothers were taught that as well. And we believe that if you don't keep your man satisfied, he's going to find it somewhere else. Mm. And so you lay it out as much as often as possible. And if you don't keep it right, then, you know, he's going to go off and find it somewhere else. And that's just a really horrible way of thinking about sex. Um, it should be a, a mutual activity where you both seek to serve mm-hmm. and you both seek to um, teach the other about what you like. And and, and I, I don't know, I feel like that um, if one spouse is experiencing pleasure, that it's easier for the other one to as well if they are in tune to those pleasure points of their spouse. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that
1: takes intentionality of figuring out what your spouse also likes. I think sometimes we come into it just like we do into marriage. With selfish ambitions. And so we approach it as, like, this is my need, you need to fill it. You know yeah. what I mean? Instead of saying, okay, well, what do you like? Well, how, you know, and talk through it. And that's something that a lot of people are just shy talking about, even though, you know, you're now married, you're now, this is your spouse, and we're supposed to be naked and, uh, you know, unashamed. And it takes vulnerable, you know, times for you to like have discussions and say, well, I don't like this, or this turns me off, or, you know, I need a build up or whatever, just communicating those things, allowing your spouse to kind of get those pointers so that, uh, he or she, you know, can kind of help you walk through this process as well and get one another involved. Don't like, if you're a man to me, I would say, uh, I would, I would tell the man, you know, be intentional about pursuing the woman throughout the day. Don't just make it like a point to just, you know, Make it a quickie and you're done, you know, because women really do need a build up. So I think it's also for your benefit, because I think your wife is going to yearn after you even more because she's going to feel wanted. And I think that's what most females want is to be wanted, not to feel like you're fulfilling some kind of a task. But you don't really care, you know, about the actual person. So whenever you're in tune more, you do little gestures here and there. Oh, believe me, she will satisfy you too so
0: and it's not about going from zero to 60 uh, or zero to 160 seconds like you're in a high-speed car men um because actually you um sort of uh, taking your time with the process and letting the engines rev and then backing off and then exploring other things, uh, it actually increases your level of pleasure as well. Like you, you don't know how, how great the high could be by extending that pleasure um, to the other person for a while. And Mm -hmm. then, I, I don't know. And how, this is how, I'm speaking this, kind of yeah, metaphorically. I, I but.
1: This is how you make it fresh as well. You know, I think sometimes we're such people of routine that, you know, if we do it a certain way, that's what we stick to and what we know. And it gets boring. You know what I mean? And it's like, well, now you have children and maybe your wife's body has changed or she has to rediscover, you know, herself. And that can be a challenge as well. So just really be staying in tune seasonally, like what's going on in your life and Keeping it spicy, like, you know what I mean? Like change it up a little bit. Don't stick to your usual thing, you know, surprise a person.
0: And I say this to everyone that I talk to about marriage is that, um, you know, infatuation or what we call falling in love, those good euphoric feelings are something that come and go in a marriage and have to be cultivated. Love is a decision, period, to love unconditionally um and your entire life i know we're talking in this series about sex but your entire life does not revolve around sex it's such a small fraction to be honest you spend more time in the bathroom you spend more time in the kitchen you spend more time on your job throughout the course of your life than you do in the bedroom with your spouse although it's such an important thing We shouldn't be overly consumed with our happiness being wrapped up in sex. Mm -hmm. However, those feelings of intimacy and infatuation and spice are something that you should anticipate and intentionally pursue. Your marriage is like the ocean. We went to the ocean uh, a couple weeks ago. We went down to Folly Beach in South Carolina and, um, we went at different parts of the day and I noticed when the tide was up and the tide was out. And I noticed that at certain points, the waves were stronger and depending on the wind and I've, I've watched surfers at times and have looked at how they study the waves and they stand on the shore and there is a smell to a good wave there is a look and a feel and then there is a gut instinct that there is the kind of wave that you know is going to be a great ride and Mm. you you pursue that and watch for the tides to roll in in such a way and then you make your way out to the shore sex is something you should you should study with your spouse because you are literally learning them for women throughout the month, their libido changes. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially, you know, if they're pregnant as well, that rhythm changes. So you might get used to a certain rhythm of when your wife is most um, excited about sex. And then when she gets pregnant, it changes. And actually a lot of women, when they're pregnant, crave sex more often, Mm -hmm. oddly enough. Um, And it could be just hormones passing through your body more because you're, you know, creating a life within you. But uh, being able to study those rhythms and and catch the right waves. But if you're ignoring the seashore, you're distracted over here by what's happening on the land, there could be many waves that you're missing over and over again. Mm. You have to constantly be listening, smelling. You know, there is a smell factor to the the sex uh your sex life you know you're attracted by pheromones and the smells that you you put off and it's important to keep yourself high what is the word
1: hygienic hygienic yeah that's the the word. word
0: keep yourself clean smelling good all of that matters um when you get married sometimes it feels like that you turn off all of the try buttons like i'm no longer gonna shave as often as i did or for women i'm no longer gonna put on makeup or wear this nice dress or do this or that you know if if you did a certain thing to attract a spouse why wouldn't you think you shouldn't continue that kind of Mm -hmm. thing and it's not like you don't want to let your hair down and be um you know, be who you are, right? I love seeing my wife without makeup just as much as I love seeing her with makeup. But I like the change up. I like the excitement of mm-hmm. what it, what it, what is she going to look like today? And mixing it up in the bedroom in that way too. Sometimes sex is spontaneous and sometimes sex is really planned out. Mm-hmm. And if people think you plan sex and it can be satisfying, yeah, if it takes that, if your sex life needs a spice up, Plan it. it. Say for, you know, every Friday we are going to, no matter what, for the next month or at least two times a week or plan. uh, You know, whatever you have to do. I've heard of couples doing a 30 day challenge where they have sex every single day.
1: (laughs) I'm crossing my eyes But the
0: average, even for a healthy marriage, is actually like one to two times a month, which you think, ugh. So if you're anywhere in that range, you're doing good. Plus, this isn't a competition. You know, pornography and um, lust through movies and all of these fantasies that we build up that are fabricated, Mm -hmm. that destroys your sex life. That's why pornography has to be cut off at the root. And you have to, both men and women, guard your eyes because you can start having unrealistic expectations in the bedroom and mm-hmm. lose sight of the the unique rhythm that you have together in your sex life. Mm-hmm.
1: Would you say for a man, I, I'm just curious. I feel like some of the conversations that we've had, um, maybe they yearn that more to kind of feeling control because men are not as verbal and maybe to them, like, you know, I, when you I think, say they're
0: not as verbal, what do you mean?
1: Like not verbally as like, <clears throat> they're not as like in tune with like their emotions. I'm not saying that's okay. everybody. I'm just saying most most men don't like to have conversations. You know, when you talk to them or as, a, as a female talking to her spouse, you know, he'll say, yeah, mm-hmm. Or, you know, she'll ask him to tell him about her day, uh, his day and he'll say a short sentence. You know what I mean? So like, would you say that some men just crave that because maybe they feel more in control well,
0: during com- that time? Uh, I guess communication, comes in many different forms. Yeah, that's true. I mean, let your body talk. Yeah. (laughs) Body language is a definite part, especially in the English language. And I've learned that with you, is that our language is limited in a lot of ways. And it really has to do with we use the same words in a lot of different settings. And how you use the word depends on the inflection in your voice, the setting, et cetera. Because you could say, I love this pizza. And you could say, I love you you know mm-hmm. however you say it because our really our vocabulary is more limited than other languages the same thing with your sex life i mean men communicate in that way men um if they're grieving we talked about this last week a lot of them will want to have sex it's probably not uncommon for a man to lose a parent or lose a loved one or a best friend and want to have sex the same day because I don't know. There's comfort in that. There's... And and we're going to we get to more that. of that. We have that. Yeah. See us comfort. So. But there is um, a level of communication that happens. We talked about that. Like, if there is miscommunication, sex can be a way of opening that up. Pillow talk is um, a real thing, you know? Yeah. And if you're having trouble communicating or getting your spouse's attention, plan some sex and a nice talk after, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I know. we We talk a lot, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, but sex is, just getting to uh, some of these things, because I want to jump into it as well, about some of the specific acts that we um, wonder about, like, is this allowed? Is this not allowed? But before we do that, talking about purity culture and how that even shaped our minds to be questioning that as Christians, um, the Bible does say, that the marriage bed is undefiled, but that doesn't mean that everything that you do in the marriage bed is undefiled. It's a challenge for you to keep it undefiled, to not bring external influences in, that it's something that you and your spouse develop. And so purity culture kind of demonizes sex in general, makes it taboo and kind of restricts it to procreation. And nobody in the church really talked about um, the good parts of sex and that it can be something amazing in your relationship. And unfortunately, women were always at the brunt end of that stick of that conversation because women were always placed as an object that had to be, um, you know, sequestered. And we really placed an emphasis on how women dressed and making sure you don't uh, tempt the men or whatever, as if women don't have a sex drive themselves. Now, the opposite end of the spectrum is so running far against purity culture um, that we lose sight of the importance of modesty Mm -hmm. and that modesty is a quality and sexy doesn't mean you're walking around naked or half naked. You know, sexy, you, you could be sexy and be fully clothed with a turtleneck all the way down to your ankles. Yeah. Um, being sexy isn't just about showing your body. So I think that we should preserve our bodies and we should respect one another. Men, we have to respect respect women. And we also have to take responsibility for our own lustful desires. We have to say, it's not the woman- and especially in this culture, Everywhere you turn, there's a half-naked woman. So, you know, you have to take responsibility for your own desires and actions. And, you know, we're, we're human beings, right? The thoughts come in our minds. The question is whether or not you're going to let those seeds take root. And as the book of James says you know, produce the sinful activity. There's a really good description there of how sin is birthed. Like it's different. There's a difference in having an idea come into your head. And then there's a difference in meditating on that idea and replaying that idea over and over again until it births a desire and that desire produces an action that's helping somebody. So, uh, you know, I've heard a lot of different strategies for this, you know, the three second rule, the five second rule, you know, if you, if something comes in your head, you see a a beautiful woman or something like that. And, you know, these ideas come in your head, one, two, three, uh, snap myself out of it. Right. And women not to be so hard on men. I think that even in the Me Too culture and the Me Too movement, um, which was calling out sexual predators that was a great thing the bad part of the movement w- is demonizing all men for flirting yeah I think that even in the dating relationship you know touching and you know giving you know flirty eyes or whatever and Uh, touching uh, as she goes through the door on the small of her back or those little things. We can't lose that because that's the spice as well. Mm -hmm. Even if you're not married and you're, but you're seriously dating. I think some of those things could be appropriate, you know? Yeah. Um, Anything you want to add there?
1: No, I think that's good.
0: Did you ever feel um, like it was all focused on you as a woman to keep the man from stumbling?
1: Uh, I mean, I was always taught modesty, and I understood the reason why. And I and I understand why women nowadays are rebelling against that because they have been they they feel like somebody's telling them what to do with themselves. You know what I mean? And I understand that. And I think that there's a balance to it. I think not allowing what the world is telling you to do be affected by it, like. You know somebody's telling you that you have to do a certain way but just being confident in who you are and really stepping into what God has called you to do and I feel like the Holy Spirit will tell you like if this is appropriate or this is not you know Um, I think a lot of times when you know growing up I had a lot of brothers and so sometimes you know when I would go to church you know I would ask like do you think this is appropriate you know sometimes asking another man figure and not like a jealous man I'm just saying like a person that you know um uh, like a sibling like a sibling or, or, you, trust, or you know or you dad know. or whoever you know they have their the, your, your best interest in mind you know most of the men will say like oh you know for church that may not be appropriate or for this event it may not be appropriate or if you like squat down or sit down you know or lean over that may show and the same thing for me like now i'm in a different season you know as a mom there's just certain things i know even though i was it was okay for me to wear when i was younger it's just not gonna like pass through in the season comes i'm constantly chasing you know around with my children and all that stuff so i just want to make sure that i'm kind of covering those bases um
0: and it's it's it, and and it, it goes both ways i think men have to be careful as well well um maybe not necessarily about what we wear as much but yeah maybe in some ways and mm-hmm. also like always Making sex about the physical because mm-hmm. it is more than just the physical. And I think purity culture focused so much on penetration and, you know, when that moment like that is the holy grail of do not touch. That then we ended up creating these um, mindsets where, well, I'm going to draw a line around, a circle around that and do everything else that I want to around that. Yeah. And then it's also confusing when you demonize sex and then you actually start feeling pleasure because you can start feeling pleasure without penetration. Actually, you can start feeling, you know...
1: Butterflies or whatever you want to say. Butterflies,
0: the big O. You can start, you can experience that even without Mm
1: -hmm. having
0: sex. You could experience that through other forms of touch or kissing. And I'm not even talking about oral sex here. I'm talking about just, you know, making out. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we draw a line around that. But the thing is, all of it, you having that line in your heart, like, you know, that this is something I should reserve for my spouse, you know when you have to set those boundaries. And even we had to mm-hmm. in our dating relationship. And also I remember one time we were preparing, we were dating, hadn't been dating long. We were preparing to go to somebody's wedding. Um, and so it was kind of a formal event and you were excited about it. And you went and got a gown. I don't know if you remember this, but it was it had a nude back back. Um, material Mm -hmm. that was almost the same color as your skin. And then it was just like crisscross across the top, almost like a corset. Mm -hmm. And you came out in that um, and it was me and your brother. And we both stood there and I said to myself, it looks beautiful, amazing. It was gorgeous, you know, sexy. But I also said to myself, um, it, it makes the eye, it makes the mind wonder a little bit because it's almost like you have to take a second look and say, is that her skin or is that material? And I don't
1: remember that count.
0: <laughs> you, do, you don't remember that dress? It was like a purplish color. And see, here's the thing about it too. <laughs> I think it was like from Ross or something, but here's the thing about it too. You know, we can blame men for having lustful eyes or what I mean, women lust too. I mean, women definitely lust. And here's the thing about it too. Men are built uh with their eyes in mind. Like m- men are driven by their eyes much more than women. Let's just be honest, that's how we're we're built. And it's not like you should um, always be considering how many people are going to lust over me if I wear this or if, you know, I'm, my shirt's down one button. But I think that you should be a little bit mindful, not even if they're going to lust, but if it could be distracting in some way or, mm-hmm. you know.
1: Maybe like send off the wrong signal. But again, there is people, a group of people that are just they're sick they're sick in their mind and they need the Lord, you know what I mean? So there's no, they're going to, yeah. So you could tell by their conversation or by the, the way they look at you with nothing with like a t-shirt on and some shorts or something. And it's like, you could just tell that person either is struggling with something or whatever, and we just need to pray over them. But, you know, just keeping those things in mind really helps to guard your heart. helps to just make sure that, you know, the people that you are around, um, it sends off the right signal that you're confident. I think that you can be a confident woman and you can be modest Mm -hmm. and um, you don't have to flaunt anything to be confident. I think you can be confident in a fully clothed, you know, you know, apparel, whatever it is, whatever you feel like suits your body. Well, Um, and I feel like you could, still be sexy with it. You know what I mean? So um, I think mainly the confidence just comes from the inside. It's not about what the clothes you wear or how you display yourself with your clothing or your fashion choices. This really is on the inside of you. Um, And so just kind of, you know, keeping that in mind would really help steer you in the right direction. So
0: when you think about the purity culture, just flipping the switch and not thinking that sex is something that is that is off limits and that there's there should be no pleasure. and even thinking about that being pleasurable is a sin. But flipping it and saying, no, God is protect is reserving this for greater pleasure, right? I can either have this temporary pleasure now or I can have long-term satisfaction later and viewing purity in that way, right? Because when you do have sex before marriage, there is baggage that you bring into the relationship and Mm -hmm. your mind is going to wonder. And even if you never express it to your spouse, there is going to be comparison and there's going to be questions and things that you're going to have to battle to overcome. And the Lord can help you with that. I don't want you to feel discouraged if you've had sex already and you're not married, but I think making the decision now that I'm going to change the course and not give my soul away to any more people, that's going to help in your marriage. And also it's a respect to say, Wow, how amazing and how sexy is it that you reserved all of this for me? Mm-hmm. Like you dedicated yourself and thinking of it in that way, like this is some this is a pleasure that God is going to reserve for me and I can spoil my appetite now or I can wait for the full course meal. Like do do you want a filet mignon later or do you want a bag of chips now? Right. Because that's pretty much what it is. It's it's this flash in the dark kind of feeling that you have physically when you're having sex outside of marriage. And yes, it feels good, but it also comes with consequences, guilt, shame Mm -hmm. and demons sometimes. (laughs) And uh, maybe even an STD along the way.
1: Oh, God! (laughs) I'm
0: sorry. But it's the same thing. It's junk food but you're talking about an exquisite meal that the Lord wants you to partake in. Mm-hmm. And it is an exquisite meal. Um, and we ask ourselves like, what is off limits? And I can just pretty much much answer that in kind of a general statement here. So let's cover oral sex, sex toys, um, mutual satisfaction, mutual submission. What are, what are you thinking about, Victoria?
1: Nothing, I'm listening.
0: <laughs> pretty much when it comes to the bedroom whatever you both mutually agree on it's not off limits apart from bringing in a third party into your bedroom into mm-hmm. the into the space that means an actual person bringing them in it also means bringing images it uh, like pornography engaging in that it also um means Any of those sex toys that simulate other people's body parts would be off limits. But there are plenty of other things that you can use in the bedroom that don't, you know, imitate another person's body or, and and the thing about some of these things as well is not inviting somebody in doesn't mean just in that moment, but at any time. So even if you're looking to use some of these items in the bedroom, You, you're going to have to be very discreet. There are, are Christian sites that offer um, items that you can use in the bedroom that do not have the packaging that's explicit or, you know, like what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you have to ask yourself, why am I wanting these things? Do I want this thing because I saw it, you know, when I was in, in sin and I was watching pornography. And so I think that that's what my sex life needs, whether that's a toy or whether that's an act that you want your spouse to perform on you and it makes them feel uncomfortable and you pressure them into doing it because you have these fantasies that derive from a sinful place, or do you want it because you want to serve your spouse? Mm -hmm. If you're thinking, I want this for me, that's a problem. But if you're saying, I want this Maybe to spice it up for them. I think that that's okay.
1: I would almost go like to and say just, you know... not just satisfaction it needs to be a mutual satisfaction when it comes to marriage because that's what we're really seeing is a a lack of communication between both parties and then it's like well I really don't like this or I don't feel comfortable with this but nobody's communicating this and so there's this dread and this is where the dread comes from of fulfilling a specific duty because I'm the wife or the husband or whatever um, the case may be and so just thinking about mutual satisfaction, not just a selfish ambition to fulfill your need, Uh, because in the mutual satisfaction, that's where you both are going to come together and enjoy one another. That's what God created it for. It's not just like, Oh, fill my need, fill my need, do mine, fill me, you know, fill me all the time. But whenever there's a mutual, there's this, this mutual respect that comes on. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that helps you grow together more in love.
0: Yeah. I mean, first Corinthians seven, five does say, do not withhold your bodies from one another mm-hmm. because that is a wedge that the enemy can come in and bring temptation.
1: And people do hang that yeah. over like a little treat.
0: They use sex as a <laughs> weapon. That's for sure. And that, that's not good either. Mm-hmm. Like don't withhold yourself and don't, um, you know, even if you're not feeling it, but you know it's it's going to be good for your spouse, then just go with it you know, not to put yourself in pain or in harm's way. Like if you are legitimately sick or whatever, like just give it a rest. If you are the healthy spouse and you have a sick spouse, I mean, really, I I applaud and admire people who have spouses that endure hardship, whether that be cancer or something that goes wrong with their health. And it really prevents them from engaging in sexual activity. And that commitment that that other spouse has is so commendable Mm -hmm. to respect them you know Mm -hmm. um and and so again i want to emphasize that it's going to be mutual you agree upon it it's not forced number two you're not bringing a third party in whether that be an actual person a visual of a person or um a, a simulated, you know, or recreated body part of another person. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't do that. And in your mind, if you're daydreaming about somebody else, you need to bring that in check. That's not healthy either. Mm-hmm. Like putting the face of somebody else on your spouse. And finally, I would say if it's detrimental to your health, and it's crazy to even have to say this, but there's a lot of sex acts that we were talking about the other night that are um, are just unimaginable, but they happen. Mm-hmm. And again, a lot of it stems from pornography and a lot of it stems from even abuse. Um, but expecting your spouse to do acts that will put their health in jeopardy. Um, right there, there, there should be, I'm trying to say this lightly. Um, there's only one entrance, um, at the bottom of a female's body for sex. hmm. Um, and outside of that you're you're talking about you're gonna be it's gonna be detrimental to your health and other things I mean taking things so far that you are I mean it's taking your body to a place where it's gonna be harmful yeah if that makes sense yeah but sex should be satisfying sex is good and God created it to be so and so that's the s in this word spicy. We hope that brought some clarity to you, maybe answered some questions that you had about sex in general. Let us know what your thoughts are in the comments, or send us a text if you have any further questions, and we will respond. 864-428-7131. Text the word marriage to 864-428-7131. Any final words?
1: Yeah, this is a private telephone number. We're not going to send it off to anybody, and we do read those in the evening, so we would... Love to hear from you guys so we can address some of those questions and concerns um, in the next episodes.
0: That's right. We'll see you next time for Needed Conversations in um, another spicy session.
1: That's right.